0: 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1, it says, This know also, that in the last days
1: perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful unholy, without natural affection, trucebreakers, breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, and having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. Let's pray. Uh, Father, I am extremely humbled to be here tonight, and Father, we count it a privilege to be here. Uh, Father, the great men that are represented here, Uh, Father, men that have spent many years on the field and have done incredible things, And Father, we thank you again for your goodness and kindness. Father, we know that we cannot do any of this without you. And Father, we thank you again so much for everything that you do for us, for how you love us and care for us. Uh, Father, time's patience with us. And Father, we cannot thank you enough for your goodness. And Father, tonight, I just do pray, God, that you work in all of our hearts tonight. And Father, we just do pray, again, that you do a great work this evening. And Father, we ask this in Christ's precious name. Amen. When I was growing up as a a kid, it was my parents that always kept the missionaries that came to our church. They always kept the evangelists and i heard oh incredible stories from great men of god and i and I always hated when about 10:30 came along and my mom had to send me to bed but i I'd, I'd always leave the door open just to listen to the stories
0: one of the men that stayed with us was wally williams Our
1: church was, our pastor, Dr. Dan Wingate, just came to the church. Um, Back then, we were just struggling. We basically, we had 70, 80 people when he first came, and now the church runs over 1,500 people. Uh, But back then, we were really struggling. And he was introducing missions to us, and and Wally Williams came. As we sat down at the table, he, he looked at my mom and dad, uh, my father led the music in the church, and my mom played the piano. And I, by the way, got none of that talent, Brother Holman. <laughs> I didn't get any of it either, uh, so don't feel bad, okay? Um, but uh, he, uh, he asked my dad, he said, Do you know the song will work till Jesus comes? And my dad goes, I, I'm not sure I, I've heard that one. And so they went into the living room, at the piano, and Brother Wally taught my mom and dad that song, and every night before he would get up to speak, they sang, we'll work till Jesus comes, we'll work, we'll work till Jesus comes, we'll work. That had a tremendous impact on me, kind of our work ethic, amen? As a child of God, we need to work until Jesus comes back. Coming back from Scotland after being gone for 20 years, my heart is heavy. It is disturbed about what I'm finding in our churches today.
0: We are a long way off from where we used to be. Many days I've crushed to see what I see
1: as I go and return to many of these churches. What I'm really disturbed about is the following. I've had many people say to me, well, brother, we're in the end days. Like it gives us an excuse not to do anything. That we're just mailing it in. You know what I mean? that we don't have to work, that we don't have to do anything. I picked up many of bulletins, and I don't see anything concerning kids' clubs, or the youth group, or even a choir, or anything else. I, I see nothing, and I'm thinking, what are we doing? What are we doing? If there's ever a day we ought to be working, it's today, amen? Our world is in an utter chaos. And everywhere we turn, there seems to be wars and rumors of wars, and we see all sorts,
0: sorts of chaos. Every country is represented here it needs the Lord, amen? It
1: needs men who will work. Every country, every
0: state, every province. Every city, every street needs the hand of God. Somebody to work. I'm trying to be as kind as I can
1: be, but I'm also disturbed about the older generation who I hear comments all the time and who ought to know better. We're letting I want to let the younger guys do the work now. Oh, that's scriptural, isn't it? Well, I've I've done my part in the church. I've sat on the boards.
0: I've done this and I've done that. So? There's always something that we can do. Amen?
1: Always something. And may I just say something else? We don't know for sure if this is the end times. I, I'm sorry to tell you that. Now, my pastor came to the church, and, and in the '70s, he used to preach, and he loves to preach on the end times. But without sounding like a heretic, he used to preach that God is co- Jesus is coming back at any time. Jesus still hasn't came back. Okay. If we just would have sat back and done nothing, you know what we would have just done? We would have just wasted the last 40 years. And I think that is what's happening in our churches today. We're just sitting back, thinking He's coming. He may not come back today. He may not come back tomorrow. He may not come back for another 300 years. No man knows the time.
0: Nobody does. Not even the angels in heaven. But the Father does. Did not the disciples think that He was coming back in their day? Um, now, that was how many years ago? 2000. We need to be, listen, working, working.
1: Before I went to the mission field, I have worked um, in a Christian school. If any of you have worked in a Christian school, you'll understand this, this next story. I coached the basketball team. And in a small Christian school, you have tryouts, but you really don't cut anybody. Okay? And there are many times you think to yourself, oh dear Jesus, where am I going to play this kid? Okay? And I had one of these young men who, at that particular age, and I'm not making fun of this, this age because we've all been there, but he, honest to goodness, he could not chew gum and walk at the same time. He was just one of those kids. And so we had basketball tryouts, and I had him dribbling down the court, and inevitably, you know, it'd bounce off his knee, off his foot. He'd mess up everything. And he thought he was the all-star, and so he would be out there taking three-point shots from, you know, way out. And not only did he not hit the rim, he didn't hit the backboard, he didn't hit anything. And so I said to the young man, I, I said, Son... I would like to actually start you on this team. And he was kind of shocked about that a a little bit. But I I said, Todd, this is all I want you to do. I I don't want you to dribble up court. I don't want you to take any three-point shots. In fact, I don't even want you to shoot. I said, but what I do want you to do is the following. We're going to swing the ball over to this side. And what I want you to do is get in front of the defender, block him out, and when they shoot, and if they miss it, you go up and get a rebound, and you put it right back up. Because the kid's range was probably here to here, okay? That, that was it, okay?
0: If he ever went to the foul line, forget it. He, never, he would never make it, Okay. During the games he would always try to take the ball up the court.
1: The beginning of the game he would do that and it would bounce off his leg, bounce off his foot and it would go out of bounds. And I would have to send somebody else in and I'd bring the young man out and say, "Hey, Todd, c- Todd, come here. And I'd sit him down beside me and I'd say, Todd, what's your job on this team? And he looked at me and he said, Mr. Williams, it is my job to go down court, get in front of the defender. If we miss the shot, I'm to put the ball back up and try to score. I said, yes, Todd, that is your job. And he always used to say, but coach, I can dribble it. Okay. Well, coach, I can shoot the three-pointer. I said, yeah, but I just want you to do what I'm asking you to do. It finally sunk through his head. At the end of the season, he was second in scoring
0: and first in rebounds. My point is, everybody can do
1: something. You may not be able to take the ball up court. You may not be the guy that is able to shoot the ball through the hoop. But you can do something. Something. Every single one of us can do something. But you know what? You need to be doing something. Because the other thing I hear from preachers is the following. I can't get Sunday school teachers. I can't get junior church workers. And I'm thinking to myself, why?
0: Why? Shouldn't we have a waiting list for these things?
1: Yes. Hello, yes. Shouldn't we have people that just want to serve God at all times? People that are willing to do what? Work. Work. Many of you may not be able to do the things that
0: you used to do. I I know I can't at old age catches up with all of us, doesn't it? I had this dear, sweet lady, I was preaching at a
1: missions conference, actually at my, uh, at my parents' church at that time. And after the service, you know, the pastor asks you to go to the back and my wife and I are standing in the back at the table and we have a long line of people that that want to talk and I'm talking and and I see this woman over here in a wheelchair and she's patiently waiting until I get done. And I'm talking to one person and, 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 you know, it's just taking a little bit of time but she's patiently sitting over there. And after about 20, 25 minutes, she finally gets up to me and and she's sitting in this wheelchair and she says,
0: Brother Williams, she said, look at my hands. And they were just
1: crooked with arthritis and everything. And she says, I I can hardly do anything anymore. And she said, I can't walk, and she said, I used to be so active in my church, and she said, I'm just heartbroken, I cannot do the things that I used to do, she said, and I'm frustrated to no end, and I asked God, God, what can I do,
0: what can I do, and she said the following, She said, God told me to pray for missionaries.
1: She had a little piece of paper in her Bible, open it, hands it to me. And she says, if you ever have any prayer request,
0: I'll pray for you. I gave her my email address. Every
1: Monday morning, that woman would write me. And say, brother, I've been praying for you this week. Do you have any prayer requests? Now, her eyesight was very poor. I don't know what the biggest font is on a computer, but it was pretty big, okay? And I had to write her back in that big font as well. But can I tell you, for the next 10 years,
0: every Monday morning, that woman would write me.
1: Brother Powers, or family goes to your church. I met him when I was at your church.
0: Cockerels. Every Monday morning. You know what that does to a missionary? Somebody cares enough about us to pray for us. You see,
1: fellowship. Listen. You have a golden opportunity this week to meet up with these missionaries that are here from all over the world. You have an opportunity to grab their emails. You have an opportunity to grab their prayer cards. You have the opportunity to do so much more. You have the opportunity to pray for men, pray for their families, Pray for the Christian schools. Pray for the ministries. You can
0: have a part in all of these people's ministries. Take advantage of the opportunity. Take advantage. St. Augustine said, Pray as though everything depends on on
1: God. Work as though everything depended on you. I love this one from a gentleman named Henry Ward Beecher. It says, any man can work when every stroke of his hand brings down the fruit rattling from the tree, but to labor in season and out of season under every discouragement. That
0: requires heroism. And I'll leave it to the Scottish guy, David Livingston. Fear God, work hard. That's pretty simple, isn't it? May I encourage all of you that are a part of this church to
1: do your very best to work for God. Can I do that? May we do our very best to work for God at all times. May we do our very best to invite that neighbor to church. May we do our very best to help out in various ministries of this church. May we always do our very best for Him, working right up to the very end. And may I encourage you, my fellow missionaries, to do likewise. When
0: Satan is knocking at your door, just go work anyway. Just go work. When everything that you planned out fails,
1: just work anyway. When you lose one of those preacher boys that you invested so much time in, and they turn tail.
0: Let's just go work anyway. Hey, I've been on both
1: sides of this, let me tell you something. Being a pastor here, and being a pastor
0: on the mission field, mission field is a total different ballgame. The things that you face I've had Satanists come
1: straight up to me in front of my house as I was sitting there and they looked at me and said, we will get rid of you like we did the others. You see why we need your prayers? I've had them slaughter animals in the front of my yard. I've had letters written to me on a constant basis and I'm sure all of you have had the same thing on the field. You have no idea, church... The things that we have to deal with many times. We covet your prayers. And that's why that woman for 10 years praying for me meant so much. Because I knew I had somebody back here. that I knew without a shadow of a doubt was praying for me on a daily
0: basis. I heard she prayed for me in the mornings. Until Bob
1: Barker came on and the price is right.
0: I'll take it. I'll take it. About last year at this time, I was here speaking. I believe it was the week after, two weeks later, Dr. Wally Williams came on the farewell tour. And what was it, a couple months later, he passed away? We talk about a guy working until Jesus came. That was him. And I will never forget that. And we need to work till Jesus comes. What a great example to all of us, amen?
1: A great man of God. He changed so many
0: lives. But he worked right up to the end, my friend till Jesus came.